This episode was brought to you by Punching Your Own Horse. And it's not tomato pie, it's pizza strips. It's Barely in Topic, a podcast for Boston Bruins fans by Boston Bruins fans. Welcome to Barely in Topic. I'm not even going to pretend I know what episode this is because I've got a, an episode I still have to release. So I'm going to call it 318 and we're going to go from there. I think that's, uh, that, that checks out because last week was 316, which was, you know, could have been more of a joke than we made of, made of it. Correct? Right. <laughs> As always, I don't really know what episode it is. I don't really know what day it is. I know it's the Super Bowl day. That's what it is. We're recording before the Super Bowl, and I am just very focused on nothing, nothing <laughs> in particular. Right, so this is going to be a great show. You guys are just going to love it. In for a treat, really. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, when are they? When are they not really? Um, because like we're a fucking delight. <laughs> <laughs> they must love it because no one ever says anything bad about it. Or good, but, you know. <laughs> no news is good news. <laughs> and what team do we want to randomly talk about right now? Uh, Arizona Coyotes. No, just kidding. Um, not- there is nothing to be said. <laughs> <laughs> Oliver Ekman Larson, the end. <laughs> so OEL's pretty great, huh? <laughs> <laughs> is he a left or a right shot? He's a left shot. Oh! They're not trading him. <laughs> they can't. <laughs> they can't. You're right. They can't. First of all, I do want to say that Tim and Jeff are here with me today. And now I just wanted to say one last thing about this defenseman thing. And nothing about Arizona. Pez had something the other day on Days of Yore on the Twitter about like, yeah, what should the Bruins do with the trade deadline? And I was just like... They should definitely trade for Roman Yossi. I mean, like, they could do that. (laughs) And I'm like, yes, make it happen. I want it to happen. He's a left shot. Come on. We need one. I think. I I mean, that's that's, that's the question, though. Do do the Bruins actually need a left shot? I mean, like, Grizz has been actually, like, really excellent as a a, a third pairing uh, defenseman. And if like they're going to re-sign Chara, we're we're pretty. And look at our our left D prospect pool is pretty killer. Like I'm not trying to rain on your parade. I'm just like questioning the entire reasoning that you see all the time. Is like, do the Bruins actually need a left shot D? I'm not so sure. They want yeah. they want depth at it. That's what they want. And I I was going to say it as a joke to him, but then I realized I'm going to say that as a joke, and people aren't going to think I'm joking and. You know, I mean, as much as I want to see Roman Yossi on, on the Bruins, like just because he's beautiful, I don't think he would fit in very well. So <laughs> there's that. Oh, my dreams are shattered yet again. But anyway, uh, no, so I almost said that. But uh, yeah, uh, we will talk about Bruins trade deadline stuff as it gets closer to the trade deadline. But I just wanted to say that because I thought it was funny. And anytime I, I find out that somebody's a lefty, I'm just like... And I'd like them, like, come on, you can you can be on the Bruins. I, I'm a little more worried about, like, the, the right side of our defense, kind of like, oh, I don't know, they keep getting injured or 
falling apart or something. But it, it keeps working. We we get the pieces. It's fine. Well, that's just it. You know, McQuaid's actually been like mostly pretty fucking decent since he came back. Since since he came back into the into uh, play, which is a, a nice surprise. And he's uh, he's still throwing his body into everything. Last night he had a nice big block. Looked like it hurt a lot, but he had, <laughs> he, he did it. He's not he afraid. Had, he, he had a pretty killer. Um, uh, he he shut down a uh, a breakaway pretty. Uh, pretty spectacularly as well right so you, you know there's moments in there that remind you it's like okay this is this is right there McQuaid while while definitely are the the, the least useful non-postma um uh, uh defenseman is still is in fact still an initial defenseman despite what some people would like would, would, would like to assert okay one i don't know if it was ty anderson or fluto who pointed out that adam McQuaid never saw a shot that he didn't want to block Oh. <laughs> I'm and, pretty and sure I, it was Ty Anderson. And I said that, right? And as, you know, as just after he crumbles to the, the, the ice after blocking a shot, you know, it, I see that tweet and I said to Glenn, that's actually not a bad thing, though. I mean, it's bad that he gets hurt or if he gets hurt, but it's not bad because he's like, you know, making sure that shot doesn't turn into a goal. So... Well, see, you know, and, and a lot of people will grumble to go, but you know, you know, shot blocking isn't a good thing because it means you're letting them get shots off. And like, and that's an art. That's certainly a fair argument, but it also is sort of miss, it misses the forest for the trees. I have a lot of thought about uh, thoughts about this, and none of which I can coalesce into anything right now. But uh, I, I took a very middle ground approach answer on that one myself. There, so <laughs> I'm just going to say this: if you have defensemen who can't actually defend when it comes down to it then you've got a problem <laughs> and, yeah and, and, and yes the preference is having defensemen that you know make it so they never have to do that most bare-boned rung of, of defend of uh of defending right like ideally you have defensemen that never never have to block shots but like that's just not a fucking thing no no what no, you no. want are guys who what you want are guys who seldom have to block shots but will without hesitation when they have to Right, and I think that debate tends to lose any sort of meaningful context in, in the, at least the Twitterverse, because you either have people that go "woo shot blocking," or it's like, "No, someone shouldn't have to shot block, so therefore if they shot block shots are bad." Like, I, I'm not—I don't even think I'm making a straw man on that one, even though it sounds kind of like it. <laughs> I'm going to unequivocally just say, if a shot's going toward the goal and you're in you have a chance to get in between it either with your stick or with yourself and you're not going to die doing it then block the shot that that's what you're you're i hate to say it, you're paid to do that um yeah and it uh, you know uh, on account of the you know it's, it's a do your job situation right yeah <laughs> yeah you know i'm very uh blue collar in that way do your job you know I don't. I don't want to have a debate on on this thing. I'm just saying that you know, one that tweet came out there, and I kind of chuckled, and I said it out loud, and my husband and I both agreed, like, "Hey, okay, sure, that's 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 a good thing." And then, secondly, I think that McQuaid feels a lot of pressure right now. Well, that's just it, right? Because he has to. I, I my guess is he is in a rather urgent position to need to prove. Not necessarily that he's valuable to the Bruins, but then say, but say in the offseason that he's valuable so someone else might want him. Right. Right. He's got one year left on the contract after this year, I believe. Honestly, like that's that's a very tradable contract in the offseason if the Bruins so ch- choose to move on from McQuaid. 
Oh, man. But my prediction would be wrong if he gets straight in the off season because I said by the end of the year. But anyway. Well, end of the yeah, end of the year gives you a lot of breathing room to a certain extent. But technically, the start of the NHL calendar year isn't it the draft? So I've got till July first. You're right. Yeah, oh, the draft ju- is. Yeah, oh. yeah, I would say the draft still counts as some uh, as within the year as well. It's basically if he was traded before free agent before free agency. I, I think you're okay, VI. Okay, so July first. Right. Yeah. Okay. All right. Okay, but I, I, that's. That's awful. That was just for the prediction thing. I like Adam McQuaid, but I also like other things, and it might be time to move on at some point. I just find it how the other player on our roster that's very much like Adam McQuaid right now is injured because that's just so perfect that Kevin Miller is exactly like Adam McQuaid. (laughs) Um, Exactly may not be the right way to put it. But I know where you're coming from. I know where you're going here. So. They serve some similar purposes. Some. They serve some similar purpose. I, I think Miller is at this point better at being Adam McQuaid than Adam McQuaid ever has been at, at being Adam McQuaid. Well, yeah. But in broad strokes, yes. <laughs> well, yeah. Look, you know what? I, if the defense continues to function this way and people get knocked out for a little bit and Adam McQuaid can fill in, then. All right, and it keeps working. That's fine. I'm I'm fine with this. I don't want to see people knocked out. I don't want to see Miller necessarily out, but knowing that he can take the time to recuperate and get back in when he's ready, I'm okay. You know? Yep. Um. Honestly, I, I suspect the Bruins hold hold on to McQuaid through the duration of the actual playing season as insurance. Yep. I do too. Yep. Okay. And fine. you know, because maybe he's settling into maybe he. You know what? Because he seems like he's settling into a really solid spot as a as a, as a seventh defenseman i feel like mcquade's a guy that you could sit for could could um could be in the press box for a while and then draw and then parachute right in and play well yeah better than postma well then that's the thing right because um being a seventh defenseman or a 13th forward is is as hard as being a backup as, be, as being a backup right you have to a backup goalie because you have to accept that role realize you're not going to play for a long time but be ready to go as soon as the team calls calls you on, calls you on. Right. Because you have to also be able to be that without having a tendency to sulk. Right. Right. So it's it's interesting that Petrano has been back in in the last how many games? Has it been two or three games now? I think it's been... more out of necessity than anything, though. Of course it is. Yes, but but with like say uh, Zarnik, you know, it was played last night. It was very, it was quite good. He had a point in, in uh, his first game in 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 at the, at the NHL level in quite some time. There's some factors there that can make it make it have interesting implications for uh, Vitrano. Oh well, why don't you tell us what they are? Okay. <laughs> wow, we don't sound. Uh, just go. <laughs> for the record, people, the listeners, that segue wasn't planned. So, so Zarnik got got the call up on the emergency basis um, for the game yesterday, and he played well. He played on the, the fourth line uh, right wing with Vitrano uh, on the other side, uh, so on either side of um, uh, of Sean Corrali. Um, and Zarnik had a, had an assist. He had, he had a decent game. Now, important though is when he got the call up, it was noted that he has um, at the time had four game more NHL games play until he was waiver eligible. So after last night, he plays three more NHL games. He will be he will be required to pass through waivers to go back to uh, to go back to Providence. And that's a dangerous situation. Yeah, well, exactly, because he was just an AHL all-star. He's been having a killer season down there. So now then you find yourself in the situation for the exact reason that Vitrano's been, been, been riding the press box. 
is the Bruins are scared that he might get picked up on waivers. Well, what if they find themselves in a situation where they have to choose whether to send one of their waivers? You know, both of them were in the same season, um, big free, big uh, undrafted free agent uh, coups, right? Um, well, Zarnik was the coup, actually, because Zarnik was actually a guy in demand. Vitrano was, uh, was a stealthy one, right? Vitrano was a case of um, who? But Zarnik was, was sort of the big name undrafted free agent that season. Right. Vitrano has been playing, you know, Vitrano hasn't played a lot this year, doesn't have a lot of points to show for it. Zarnik's been playing, tearing up the AHL. It's starting to, you know, maybe remind me a bit of what, what we might see with Danton Heinen, depending if he stays up for a bit. You know, a guy that got called up a bit too early in their first season with Boston, which was the case with Danton Heinen last year. And then when given the opportunity, exploded. Right. Well, Zarnik's had some really bad luck, too, because last year was supposed to be his, his season, and he got knocked out before and spent spent most of the season trying to recover from the concussion and everything. Well, and, but I mean, it's, his year last year is not dissimilar from Petrano's uh, situation last year. Right. 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 So anyway, we'll see what happens. My guess is, um, uh, and what they do is going to depend entirely on uh, Bjork and, and Achari's timelines, right? Right. Because he's only on emergency loan right now, which means as soon as the team feels they have, it has a healthy, he has to go back, right? He's Because he's not actually called up at the moment, technically, even though the NHL game still accrued to his waiver eligibility. Now, the other thing about Zarnik, too, which makes him an interesting case, is he's uh, he's 25 right now. Um, and I don't, he's, uh, let me bring this up quickly just to see his total NHL games played. But, well, no, he's not waiver eligible. He probably doesn't have the 80 games total played. 7 and 49, yeah. So he is uh, far from getting the 80 games played necessary to retain his uh, RFA status this year. Because, uh, of course, because uh, players that are RFA players that have played fewer than 80 games and have been pros for at least two seasons, go to uh, get get um, a UFA status called Group 6 UFA if they're over 25 for on June 1st of an RFA year. Okay. So if he doesn't play another 24 games this year, he will be a UFA. Oh. Unless the Bruins just sign, re-sign him before he's July 1st, right? Right, right, because they still have that option. But, like, giving him a qualifying offer isn't that isn't a factor in this case. Nope, he just goes right to free agency. Exactly. So, Zarnik presents an interesting case right now. There are a lot of other forwards sort of chomping at, chomping at the bit there, right? You know, in Providence. You know, you know, Bjork, um, you know Bjork has been less awesome than he looked like he might have been. He also had some injury issues this year. We have, we have Solaric, who looks good every time they call him up. At some at some point, you got, of course, both JFK and, and, and Sinitian uh, around as well. So, the Bruins have some choices to make about Zarnik right now. Solaric was called up, and then he was sent back down. I think he was also an emergency recall. Okay. Um, and so with the emergency recalls, you got serious limitation for how long you can have some have this person up. Okay. Like because they're not rostered. So like as soon as someone else is ready to play, you got to send them back. Now I find it kind of interesting that they have him as an emergency recall because both Bjork and Zarnik are currently designated as IR, which means that they should be able up on a full recall rather than an emergency. Oh, it's an emergency loan because of Martian being suspended. That's why. Okay, yeah, yeah. You, you just said something about Zarnik being IR. I'm like... No, I, I, I meant I meant Bjork and Achari. There we go. Okay, okay. I just um, wanted to make sure so, that yeah. we got it right. Yeah, okay. So I don't necessarily know what's uh, what the Bruins' plans are there, but there are some serious decisions to be made with respect to Zarnik. I think if they come to the end of the year and they're making, or even just in a few days, if they're making a choice between Zarnik and Petrano, I, I think that even though he's older, the smarter bet would be to go with Zarnik than Petrano, I think. I... I... <sighs> 
And I love Frankie. I do, but it's what it is. I just feel like I've seen more Zarnik probably at the AHL level than I've seen Vetrano at any level. And I think he's just a smarter player on the ice, does more. And, you know, if you're going to keep a guy around who's going to, like, play multiple positions on, on a line, that's the guy to do it. I mean, Zarnik's never going to be a center up here, but, you know, he's he's got some, uh, he, he just seems a little more useful to me. I don't know why. Well, he is, he's more of a three-zone player. That's the thing, right? Right. And if you're going to have a guy that's sort of a plug-and-play bottom six, that's more useful in a lot of ways. Yeah. Like, hypothetically, if you wanted him, to, I, I would, in some ways, he's probably a better candidate for a, thir- for, for, for a thir- 13th forward than Vitrano is. Because, like, realistically, a 13th forward ideally is someone you can put in whatever position that you need them. Right. And Zarnik has that. He can You can plug him into pretty much any height in the lineup. He has the skills to play with any on any line if he so choose. Maybe not necessarily at a, at a high level. But he's a decent three-zone player. He's, he's a good offensive player. And he's, he's, you know, center, right-wing eligible. You could probably plug him into the left if you had to. So... Yeah, I think if they come to a choice, the right decision is to wait for is to wave Vitrano. Which we've been basically saying for most a of while. the season. Yeah. 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 His his days are still numbered. I mean, he's not gonna be back next year. And I think and honestly, I don't know that anyone would actually take Vitrano off waivers at this point. I'm pretty confident he'd clear waivers. Yeah. Like the te- a lot of the teams that are in a position to you know uh, take a, to take a spin at waivers, the Coyotes are at fifty contracts, so the Coyotes aren't going to do it. Oh wow! Yeah, that's a really they're not because they've made some weird trades and wa- they've made a couple waiver claims and they made a couple like AHLer trades that they gave future considerations and got a player back and some stuff like that. Like they've done some strange things. Like that they're not a situation fifty contracts when you're a team that bad is not a situation you want to be in. Mm. <laughs> Like, I could see, you know, you know, okay, well, maybe Buffalo, they only have 46 contracts. They could put a claim in. It's like, well, you know what? I want, I, I would be okay with that. Fuck it. I want, I want, I want, I'm, Toronto's not going to get another, another real chance here. And if someone wants to give him one, fucking A. Right? Because he's a hard work. he is a hard working player. I mean, again, we talked about it before. He, he basically completely, re, after being signed, he completely redesigned his, his, his physiological makeup over the course of the summer. You know, you know, one team that won't be able to pick him up, though, probably is like the New York Rangers, who recently picked up Cody McLeod. That's a, that's a choice you can make. That is a choice you can make. <laughs> you know, I think that is like the best answer I've heard. It's like, that's a choice you can make. <laughs> I didn't even realize that that had happened until I saw Dave Lozo's tweet on it. And I went, what the fuck? I mean, it was really a what the fuck kind of moment because it's like, why would you do that? You're not getting better. You're you're not doing well and you're not getting better. What are the Rangers doing right now? Well, you know, that's the thing about the Rangers, right? So they've been, you know, kind, you know, until fairly recently, they were they were in the the wild card hunt, and they're still only two points back from from Philly. Um, same games played, but they're already the talk that they're gonna, you know, that they're thinking about just pulling the shoot, which is an interesting. And I, I kind of basically, they, they basically, it sounds like Jeff Gordon is um gonna is he's looking at he's looking at their team and doesn't want to be mid aught um, late late aughts Calgary. That's to say, a, recur, a recurring ninth place ninth in the, in the conference team. Which is why they're talking going fire sale, even though they are in attainable distance of a, 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 a of wild card spot. But hey, at least they got Kevin Shattenkirk. <laughs> you know what? That Shattenkirk made his choice. Yep. Yep. 
And, you know, power to him. He's like, you know, okay, he wanted to play for the Rangers. You know what? You know what? That's actually commendable. Winning a cup that wasn't may not necessarily have been his priority. He wanted to play for his childhood team. Yep. Okay. Just like Charlie McAvoy. Oh, no, sorry. No, he's not playing for that. He's playing with his <laughs> new team who's on the rise. Yes. But, uh, no, anyway. Look, I understand what Gordon might want to do, but... Lundquist doesn't have that kind of time. So is he basically saying Lundquist is like too bad? It's too bad for you? We're just going to oh, do what we want to do? That's a thing too, right? Because like, that came up on a few other shows I listened to this past week. Um, I, I and, didn't even listen to those. I just thought about it because he's not that young. Well, and he says so, he wants to stick around. So yeah, so yeah, so Lozo brought this up in uh, both of his podcasts. So both of them, uh, uh, Biscuits, um, uh, which he does, of course, with, uh, with Ch- Sean McIndoe, Douglas Brown, and on Puck Soup, asking, what do they do? Do you think they trade Lundqvist? And you know what? That's a tricky one. Lundqvist is 35. He's not having a great season, but he's really been the only thing they've had going for them. Right. He's 35, though, signed for three more years at eight, at eight, at $8.5 million. It's okay. But if they're talking about selling McDonough, and Zuccarello and Nash and Grabner and and and, and whatever else isn't nailed down. <sighs> you you, you, don't, you don't want to do that to, to Lundqvist, do you? No, I. That's why I I had to ask. I I actually I'm not caught up on my po- hockey my hockey podcast. I just said hockey podcast. Uh, I'm not caught up this week, <laughs> and. I just kind of thought of that independently because it's like when you're picking up Cody McLeod, when you're making that decision and then you're thinking, let's trade away Zuccarello, which I've heard a lot of this week. And uh, McDonough, like I've seen so many tweets like would the Bruins seriously look at McDonough. And I'm like, oh, my God, are we in the upside down? <laughs> What's going yeah, on I here? I don't know. It's a, it's a tricky one. <laughs> Now, now, one suggestion I heard uh, that um, I think Lozo also made, of course, Lozo just wants there to be super teams now, right? I I don't, I can't argue against that. And please tell me it's Eric Carlson. Well, no, no. In this case, he's saying Lungfist for Rinna Plus is what he's think, was suggesting. Lundqvist? I like that. So basically, oh. basically, um, you know, they're the same age. Uh, yeah. Lungfist is on, has more term, of course, and is and, and it's a little bit more expensive, but is a better goalie. Rin is having a good season, but like Lundqvist is in fact an objectively better better goaltender. Rinna always sort of walks that line about the risk of the bottom falling out on him at any given moment. And put 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 Lundqvist on Preds, it might get might get Hank a cup, which would be nice. <laughs> it it would be nice, but listen to this. This is what Hank said. Um, in an interview, he said, whatever path they take, I'm in. I want to be here and battle through the ups and downs. I want to play for one organization. It's important to me. I love it here. Ooh, that's very, very interesting. Yeah, he like, oh, and that just, my heart like aches for him because they're not going to be good anytime soon. No, they're not. And that's an interesting assertion from because like, okay, just, you know, Sort of brings up the question, and Leafs fans went through this big time, oh, better part of a decade ago now, the question of, of team loyalty going too far. It refers, of course, to the legendary, uh, what are referred to as the Muskoka Five in, in Leaf circles. These were five players um, who all had, like, their co- the Leafs players who all had their cottages around close together. And it was a time when the Leafs were pretty bad. And this was like uh, Matt Sundin, Thomas Caberlet, Jason Blake. Can't remember who the other two were off the top of my head right now. I want to say Darcy Tucker was one of them. And uh, not all of none of all, they all refused to waive their um, their trade clauses at a year with, where, where the team was awful. And, and you know, and it didn't work out well. And they all did, did said that the team went down in flames. This might then went down in flames. I think that 
That was either the year they ended up drafting Leo, Leo Komarov, or it was the year that we had their... Yeah, because it was before they got Kessel in. So it was like the year before they traded for Kessel. This was the year they drafted Kadri, rather. Um, had the team been allowed to trade them, they would have gotten some good assets and probably finished even lower and drafted even better than Kadri, although Kadri is a good player. You know what? Okay, I, I, I think I figured it out. I figured out why he's this way. And I, I can get behind this and I can respect this. It does uh, take damage on his career and aspirations to do this. One, I know he's got kids. He's, I don't know how old his kids are, but his kids have had the, the blessing and the ability to grow up in basically one place. Because, you know, you, you summer in Sweden, but you, you're not really living in Sweden, like, full time. Right. Right. So it's like his kids have had the luxury of staying in one place and having a hockey playing father. Mm-hmm. I think that he also prizes himself for having loyalty. Because who knows how many other times he could have gone somewhere else. But he decided he was going to stay there. Like, I know, they offer you contracts and you sign them and you you work out the details and whatever. But still, like, maybe family and loyalty are a little more important to him. And he's hoping that it's going to work out for a cup. They came close, but not that close. I mean that was a un, that was a borderline unwatchable series if I remember correctly. But oh, yes. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So but but what I'm saying <laughs> is is that maybe he wants to be he wants to go down as one of the best there ever was and he's willing to make certain sacrifices so that his life is really good. Um and one of those sacrifices is to not have the cup. You hate to hear that and see that and I, you know, you want to think that everybody wants to play for the cup and that's it. And there are certain players that seem to be mercenaries and they'll go to any team chasing that cup. But Lundqvist is not one of them. I don't, I feel like he feels like it wouldn't be the same if he won somewhere else. I honestly believe that. Um, especially seeing that quote. I think if he won somewhere else, it'd almost be like a, sh- a hollow victory. I personally like it when when players stay with one team if it works for them. You know what I mean? I think it's kind of cool to have that kind of career. So I'm not going to fault him on that. It just seems to me sad because uh, if you're really, if you're one of the best players at your position, you should be able to win the cup, right? Yeah, it's a tragedy. Like, I mean, Lundqvist has to know, even if it were to ask for a trade out, he's his place as a Ranger all-time great is there. He's going to be in the Raptors. Right. Right. And so maybe maybe he'd use that as like, I owe this team a lot. You know, they they drafted him very late in the two, in the 2000 draft, which is hilarious because, of course, Rick DiPietro went first overall. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, he didn't actually come over to the NHL till after the, the lockout, after the, the, the full year lockout. Oh, wow. Yeah. So he didn't start in the NHL till his draft plus five season. That might not be too unusual for a goalie, would it? And no, it's not unusual for a goalie. And like, he didn't have any t- AHL time. He played all that all those years just in Europe. Right. 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 And, you know, he's got some other things to him. I'm not 100 percent, but I think he might have been the, the, the Swedish goaltender for their 2006 um, uh, Olympic team, which won, which, of course, won gold, won gold because the Canadian team was such hot fucking garbage. <laughs> yeah. Take that, Canada. Yeah. <laughs> Let's not talk about the American team that year. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I'm assuming that it was made of a tin can, a rock, and, oh, I don't know, and a ketchup bottle. It it wasn't good. You know, there was a lot of holdovers from the the, the guys that had been on the 2002 silver team um, who were... Who are old as fuck, and the, the many good Americans that were come out of the 2003 draft, a lot of them didn't make that team for some reason or another. So, anyway, 
We've gotten way off track from Frank Vitrano. We are barely on topic, and we did not stay on topic. Barely on topic, a Henrik Lundqvist podcast. Um. (laughs) (laughs) You know, let's talk about uh, Henrik Lundqvist for a minute. He's like the only guy who can really carry off the fedora on that team. Like, he's no P.K. Subban, but, you know. Oh, God, you guys aren't girls. Damn it. No, can confirm. I mean, they're both pretty dreamy, I admit, but... See, I love it when guys can admit that. I think it's great. Just admit it. (laughs) 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 Frank Petrano. Yeah, uh, look, Frankie B has had great moments, but he's not been able to continue on in that way for lots of bad reasons and yeah his season last year got fucked and then there's there's too many guys coming not far behind him right mm-hmm. so when a team and actually here's an interesting example of this um when a team goes into a, a rebuild whether it's a total teardown or on the fly mm-hmm. the first wave of young guys that get in in the early stages of that tend to be stop gaps and don't become part of the team that goes on to do good things. Okay. Because they were either not that good to begin with, or they come out of their prime and become excess when, as, as the, um, the, the prospects that are part of the rebuild, that, that are part of the rebuild come in behind them. Right. It gets a shitty thing to be, but it's a thing that definitely happens. Right. Okay. So, all right. So basically like Kevin Miller came in before, before that, <laughs> so he doesn't count in that way, but Vetrano definitely does. Oh, exactly. Remember, because Vetrano and Zarnik were part of a flurry of, of um, uh, undrafted free undrafted free agent signings, right? Because it was the two of them, Hickman and, and Cave, all in fairly quick succession that offseason. You mean like, not Kabe? Were... <laughs> Fucking Ben. <laughs> Fucking Ben. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Colby Cave. Okay. Sorry. Um. Where we're, we're like the first, the first four things that Sweeney did. Well, I think Vitrano actually was before Chia got fired. But the other three were all, were all Sweeney things, and those are the kinds of things that are that sort of stopgap while the rebuild's happening. Right now, some of them, of course, are you know, um, you know, Cave got his NHL game in. Hickman's a player. Um, <laughs> 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 and even that's questionable, I suppose. I would still rather see Hickman on our ice than Cody McLeod. Absolutely, yes. Okay. So th- we, we just want to set where our standards are. <laughs> I mean, it, the, that's not really a high bar, though. <laughs> like... I know. That's why I had to mention it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I just, I it was such a puzzling choice. It's like you see a team that is making a decision that is not, well, it's a decision. That's. I think that's the best way to say it. That's a Remember, decision that, that's to a make. Team that, that's a team that kept paying them, uh, um, um, what's the name? Glass for for all that time when they were for Tanner Glass for all that time when they were still comp- still competitors and glasses. Tanner Glass is awful. <laughs> yep, 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 yep. I just so, don't so understand them. Rags do rag things. I don't know, but <laughs> they're a bunch of rags and glue over there. <laughs> <laughs> rags and bones. Uh. Shout out to my uncle's old boat. He named it Rags and Glue. I had to throw that in there. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, okay. No, I will say also that team at this point, the way they're playing lately, are they're more like ether-soaked rags. But, oh. Uh, 
Well, they're not a good team. Like, a really bad team. <laughs> let's just sum up the, the Zarnik thing. Zarnik, he's got a, 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 you know, he's got like three more games before he would be waiver eligible? Yes. Okay. And he needs to play 24 more games. Nope, 34 more games, something like that, to prevent going UFA. Okay. So question the about the... I just had a question about the waiver eligibility. Does he actually have to play in those three games, or does he just have to be called up? Play. So if he okay. scratch, if he scratches this, remind you. Right now he's on emergency recall, so he, I think if he's going to be scratched, he has to go down. Um, okay. But yeah, has to actually play in those games. Well, there's nothing saying that they won't actually just send him back down and bring up some other guy, right? Well, that's just it. With them on the re- emergency recall system, that's exactly probably what they're going to do. But it doesn't negate the point about they need to make a choice. I almost wonder if it's like they've promised a bunch of players to just bring him up for at least one game and have a look at him this season. You know, I mean, these are players that have been up at various times during the season. But, you know, there's a need. But we also have to be careful about how they're used. Right. Well, I mean, that's that's part of the thing, too, because they got a lot of guys who are in Providence who are RFA this 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 year. Right. Um, you have O'Gara. You have... Agostino, who actually, well, Agostino is going to end up going uh, takes group six, but Hickman bleeds, caves, and then of course Zarnik and Petrano, Grizz, Corelli. There's a lot of there's a lot of RFAs this year, so a lot of the guys that are full time in Providence will be interesting to see what they do. Right now, I will also say though, point out though that importantly that uh, Agostino and uh, Zarnik are the only ones who are group six eligible um O'Gara is just a little too young for that he doesn't turn 25 until july oh i always think yeah. that O'Gara is older than he is i get well because up. he didn't sign he didn't sign till his draft plus five year right so <laughs> well but yeah but if you're going to yale you're going to yale exactly yeah i i think I, i'm very clear about this you're going to harvard you're going to harvard you're going to yale you're going to yale you're not stopping you know? Yeah, everyone seems to think Donato may be the rare exception to finishing. I don't know if that's the right call, but that seems to be a, a thing that Naki Media is talking about. But we'll see. If he tears up the Olympics, you know what? The odds of the Bruins really trying to get him on before, on at the end of this um, uh, NCAA season may go up, but we'll see. And, I mean, he's tearing up the NCAA right now. I think he's already matched his goal total from last year in like in a, in a few and quite a few less games. And it's not, and that's like you know people say, oh, did he have a good year last year? No, he had a great year last year. He's just having an exceptional one right now. Yeah, nepotism. <laughs> it's totally nepotism to draft a guy exactly where he was ranked. <laughs> I, I know you guys are joking around about this, and I know that people are probably saying stuff about, oh, it's nepotism that he got drafted, and blah, blah, blah. Well, at the time they were, yeah. <laughs> anyway, okay, let's let's move on. Yes. I have to say, last night's game against the Maple Leafs turned out a lot better than I thought it would. The, the game against the, against the Ducks sucked. Fuck the Ducks. Fuck Corey Perry. Fuck all of them. They're all assholes. Yep, they are. It's a team that employs both Corey Perry and Ryan Kessler. Fuck them. Yep, all set. Don't need that. 
you know, and Kessler was trying to make some kind of big deal about getting getting penalized. I'm like, fuck you. Go to the penalty box. So then what was the other thing that we, uh, who else did we play? God damn it. Uh, the Blues. Oh. In what was a pretty exciting smash and bang game that the Bruins uh, came out on top of. Oh. Both goalies played really well that game, too. Which is interesting because Jake Allen's not a particularly good goalie. <laughs> but he played well. He's, good on him. He manages to be streaky for even streaky goalies uh, yeah so he played really well but man oh man Bacchus had to definitely get that empty netter like he's like it's like i don't play for you guys anymore he was a man possessed that game though too right he was he had a Bacchus had a good game on thursday was that yeah. thursday yes yeah. Yeah, yeah it was like a throwback game for Bacchus. he looked really good yeah i think he, it was like important for him to establish that i don't play for you guys anymore this is my new team Fuck all y'all. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and all the way, uh, uh, by the way, all you Bruins fans who hate me, fuck you too. <laughs> mm. uh, so anyway, so yes, last night against the, uh, the Maple Leafs. Oh, what a nice, nice game. Bruins just, just, just dominated all, all play they... situations. The Leafs couldn't get a break, a, a, a breakout going at all. The Bruins are just like, ah, eh, no. Yeah. Yeah. And Austin Matthews got a little dose of what it's like to be uh, shadowed by Patrice Bergeron. <laughs> I don't think he liked it very much. <laughs> I myself well, would not mind being shadowed by him, but, you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Except, you know, being a, a, an opposing team against Bergeron being shadowed by him would be bad. And that's an important thing. It sort of demonstrates how key it is, you know, because we, we're it's, there's, there's not a, it, odds on that's our first round, right? Yep. Yeah. And it's going to be key to have, and, and it look while we're, it looks like we're on good pace to keep them home ice advantage, that's going to be essential because that allows Cassidy to absolutely dominate that um, uh, that matchup. We well, have to remember that when the Bruins played the uh, tr- the Maple Leafs in that uh, home and home, I don't know. Well, that was when that was when Rask wasn't playing well. It's when half the team was injured. Yep. Yep. So you didn't really get like like, like Jordan Schwartz played in those games, right? <laughs> Yeah, Schwartzy. Uh, he played in there. That's that's a bad sign. <laughs> it's a good thing that was Schwartz lived. <laughs> oh, Tim. Oh, no, Tim. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Here I am. I'm sitting here thinking about space balls, and I'm like. That was my first impulse. I'm like, wait, no, no, this is Tim. That's a pun. Oh, there it is. Yeah. Ah, <laughs> uh, Tim. <laughs> Uh. yeah so so well first of all i i just do want to i do want to say something about patrice bergeron because i was a little bit afraid especially with that ducks game where we saw that that line just wasn't it it wasn't working very well bjork got knocked out of that game was bjork playing on that line because that was uh, i thought heinen was the one that got the uh, the call for first line left wing um in uh, martian's uh, continuing absence no, no, it was Bjork the first game. He got knocked out. Then they pushed up uh, Heinen. I remember that because oh, okay. I wrote that okay. stuff out. I wrote that shit out in a game thread. So I remember that. Yeah, he got knocked out. And then Heinen got uh, promoted, which seems to be the better choice anyway, because they were going to bring in uh, Solaric and they brought him into the third line. So that's how that worked out. And then what they did uh, this last time was they, yeah, they promoted Schaller to the third line and they put Zarnik in on the fourth line. Right? Yes. That's what happened last night. Okay. Yeah, so they, they, they bumped um, uh, the Toronto to the right and put Zarnik in on the left. Uh, on, the, on the left, yes. Nope. Right. Nope. Nope. Well, I'm still wrong. 
Well, I think they 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 were both on oh, the yeah, fourth line. Yeah. Anyway. Yes. Yes. You know what? I'm not going to make too fine a line here. It's like they're just there. Like sometimes you just like just put a player wherever they're going to stick. There you go. Um, I feel like this is like a bad game of who's on first. <laughs> it really is because the names are really hard. <laughs> well, that's um, the thing about this team too is is, is uh with the with a couple exceptions that they're pretty flexible about how about which side they're deploying wingers on in general, right? Right, right. Like there's only three guys that are always on the same side no matter what it seems, and that's back. Yeah, I was gonna say Ryan Spooner's playing his offside, and it's working. And that's it's working well because I remember Spooner on his on his uh, supposed handed side was not was not good. Spooner left wing Ryan Spooner's bad. Yeah. Um, but right wing Ryan Spooner is fun a lot. <laughs> so. <laughs> So I was just worried for Bergie. Not I shouldn't be worried for Bergie. He seemed a little bit like he was. He seemed like he was missing Marshy the first couple of games. They still won the first game. The second game they did not win. And then it looks like with Heinen up there, it looks a little bit better. And and, and talk about a man possessed. Bergie's been like on a tear. Hasn't he scored like two goals in two games? He's he's now our leading goal scorer. Yep. Yep. And you know. Is one point short of um uh, short of short of a point a game on the season at this at this point. So man, there you go. And, and this is why people are talking about him not only for the selkie but for the heart, just because he's that good. Damn well, as I said, I think that'll happen just because um Kucherov and Stamkos are going to split. I think both are going to suffer in the voting because they're on the same team. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that really opens up a chance for someone else, even though those two are just ridiculous, right? Right. It really opens up opportunity for someone else to come in because they're on the same team they're gonna they're gonna split the the vote in a big way and and, you know i know this is one of the things that they bandy about in in uh like football and maybe other sports but if you take patrice bergeron out of that game out of any game out of out of the bruins lineup that's not the same team well and that's that that becomes a question of of a long-standing debate on how the heart should work right is it yeah is it most points is, is it the most valued, simply the best player in the league? Is it the player that is the most important to their team in the league? Which is a hard one to measure, right? And you know, in a lot of years, those are the same thing. Right. Yeah, yeah. But not I, necessarily. I mean, it's the same debate that happens in football. You say the same thing. You know what I mean? So it's like, I'm just saying, like, Bergie, you take him out of this, this lineup, that team is not nearly the same. If you take out either Stamkos or Kucherov, they're still going to manage to find a way. Well, because they're both there. Right, right. So, I don't know. I, I it It is a greater debate that should be had about this, and it's not one that any of us are going to win because writers vote the way they want. So, Well, it happens in baseball a lot, too. Who do you think Hags is going to vote for? <laughs> not Tukarask. <laughs> I'll cut this out. It's okay. Fucking hags. <laughs> Fucking hags. <sighs> I like to keep you guys on the edge of your seat and riled up. No. But anyway, so it was good to see them come back last night. Uh, now we have a two-game point streak again. Woohoo! And, uh, you know, something that you guys brought up before the show was somebody else has a personal point streak. Yeah, Tuka. 20-game point streak. Yeah. When was the November last... 26th was his last regulation loss. Thump that chest. And yeah, thump the chest first of all and he's 18-0-2 with a 9-4-2 save percentage and a 1-5-9 goals against. 
in that time frame. But he sucks. <laughs> but he's like, yeah, we definitely have a goalie controversy. And despite like yeah, okay, you know, I mean, it's subjective fact. Rask was hot fucking garbage in our in October and November, right? He usually but is in October. Well, not yeah, hot exactly. garbage. The, but... the November one, the November one was a new thing there, right? But like at this point, his um because of this run, his save percentage is now point nine two five on the season, which is that's um wow, it's pretty good considering like how he was way below point below nine hundred for a while there, right? Yeah, he was, and even his goals against is down to like two one two or something like that on the year. Yeah, which I think uh, is he's two only... point oh nine. He's down to two point oh nine on the season. Oh actually. yeah, even better, and only like Math and Hutton maybe are ahead of him. I mean, goals against average. I don't put a lot of stock in it. It's a it's kind of a fucked up stat. Sort of like measuring a goalie purely on win loss records. Uh, spurious. So. Now, of course, the NHL.com doesn't rank, doesn't filter for games played, but he is now the, for goals against, Rask is third in the league, yeah. And he is seventh in the league for save percentage now. Hmm. Hey, that's still pretty good. And keep in mind, that's actually, for practical purposes, sixth, because Carter Hutton's first in save percentage. And he's a backup. Carter Hutton's, yeah, exactly. So, like... NHL.com kind of fucks that up by not filtering for games played, for, for, for total minutes played with, with, with goaltenders, so it always screws up their rankings. But Right. Um, Unless your backup general, is playing one for one with your, your starter, in which case you don't really have a starter. You have an a, <laughs> 1A, 1B then, yeah. Right. Um, you, you can't count them in, with the same weight. You just can't. So, okay. Well, so Tuka, Tuka's having a good year. He's doing a good job. He's showing what he actually is and can be. And I know that there are lots of people who still aren't on the Tuca train. That's fine. You don't need to be on the Tuca train. But just, you know what? Shut up about goalie controversies. You know? Well, you see, you know what the thing there was? And that's just because I think... <laughs> I, I don't, I'm actually going to defend Hags just a hair here, even though I think he's a fucking imbecile, particularly on this matter. This team is so conditioned right now to having shit for backups. That maybe he just got confused by having a backup that was, you know, worthy of being of playing a game for once. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, I, I, I just uh, defended him by way of his own stupidity. Um, oh. He's just he's just too dumb to help it. <laughs> right, right, right. I uh, look. You know what? I'm I'm willing to think that uh, you know Tuca was not always the problem, but he's a convenient person to blame. The, do you want to know what the actual problems that the, this team had in the past was? They didn't fucking score. <laughs> they didn't score. The defense was bad, and they didn't have a backup that they could play enough to keep Rask. They did to keep Rask going. Rask is not a sixty-five game goalie. That's right. fine. Right, right, right. But I'm just saying, <laughs> you know, if you want to point out the very first thing, like you would think of, for me, it's like they didn't score. What's the big difference between? Cassidy taking over from Claude. Scoring. Speaking of which, I do have a little stat based on Cassidy and, and Julian there. The Bruins are are 49-19-9 under Cassidy. In the same time frame, Julian is 37-32-3. and three. <laughs> oh. You know, uh, it's very interesting because we are coming up on the, or we're, yeah, we're coming up on the first anniversary 
of Claude being fired. Uh, because remember when they announced it, it was during the Patriots victory parade last year. Right? It wasn't a good, it wasn't a good look. The team got ripped pretty rightfully about that. And they should have. And I was thinking, you know, my first thought this morning when I actually woke up and stared at my beautiful blue walls in my bedroom, because I still love that color. I mean, they're not bare, but that's not the point here. I, I always wake up to that beautiful, serene blue and I, I form a thought of the day. And my thought today was, it's been a year. And though I was initially very angry that they fired him, I was angry about the whole situation Right now, the only thing I'm angry about was how they chose to announce it, like the timing. That's it. I'm Honestly, not, ti- not going to yeah. dwell on it. I'm just saying that's the thing, you know? Well, I mean, when you look back on in aggregate, you know, I was annoyed that they fired Claude, but it's like, well, okay, maybe this is the right thing to do, right? And, you know, they let him stick around long enough to be the winningest coach in Bruins history, which is <laughs> there's a good case to be made. They shouldn't have even done that. Anyway, I'm... To date, even though it's worked out beautifully because the Habs are just so bad under Claude, the thing that I remain angriest about was that they actually that they, that, that, that they allowed him to sign with the Habs of all teams. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. I can see that. At the same well, time, it's worked out really well. Well, you see, with the benefit of hindsight, though, it's fucking hilarious. Um, I, I thought it was a curious choice, and I really felt like it was just a money-saving move. At the time, that was my read, too, is that those, like, oh, Jacobs is being stingy. They don't want to keep paying his contract. But well, I mean, what? P- other, p- other people argued, it's like, well, they set Claude free. They did they did him a solid. I'm like, you know what? Okay, I'm, I'm okay with that argument, you know? Like, not like sitting, not letting him go get a new job, even though they're still paying him, was, was a bit of a, bit, a petty move. But again, it's the Habs. Other teams would have come knocking, and, I'm sure, and I would have had no problem with it, right? I did see something funny. After the Bruins played the Habs um, for the last time after the third game, and it was it was are the uh, are the Canadians going to wait until the Patriots Super Bowl victory parade to fire Julian this year? (laughs) 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 And I laughed really hard. (laughs) I'd like to report a murder. <laughs> I think I saw that as well, and that probably led to the thought I had this morning at some point. So, like, I I probably put it somewhere in my brain, and it came out this morning. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so last night was Chara's fourteenth hundredth game in the Damn, NHL. Z. Damn it, Z, that's awesome. <laughs> he is forty years old. He will be forty-one next month, and he wants to continue to play. And the Bruins want to sign him beyond this year. So we'll see what happens with that. I'm totally fine. Keep him for as long as he wants to play and as long as he can play. On uh, the singular condition, they only ever sign him to one-year deals. One, yeah, I think he should have like a perpetual one-year deal as long as he's um, playing well. That's uh, what Lipstrom, the Red Sox did with uh, Wakefield. It's Ortiz. I'm sorry, why am I saying Ortiz? Because he said Red Sox. That's fucked. Anyway, it's, it's, what, it's exactly what the Wings did with Lidstrom and the Ducks with, 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 with Selenay. Mm-hmm. It's it's the right way to do it. Like the only two year deal the Yagers had in recent was that it was when he signed in Jersey, right? Right. And that worked out pretty well for Jersey. You know, they got well, they got a season and a half, one and a half really great seasons from him, and they got I think a second and a third when they traded him to um uh, to, to to the Panthers. So you know that was, that was a good call on Jersey's part. Um, for some reason, I thought he signed a two year deal in Florida initially. No, no, no. He because he traded he, he traded there. 
And then I think he just re-upped two different times. Yep. Okay. So, yes. Yeah, so, so Chara has been in the league for quite a while. He's played a lot of games. He's still playing at a high standard. He will probably be the oldest player in the league next year. Matt Cullen's probably going to end up retiring. Matt Cullen, with the events of the last week, is now the only player older than Chara in the league, I believe. The events of oh yes okay we'll we'll talk about that more a little bit yeah, later we'll, we'll get to I wasn't trying to make a segue there that's just you know we're, we're related to what we're talking about right now that's all yeah. no I, I just had to think about it I had a similar argument this morning with not argument but a, a similar thing this morning when I said to to Glenn I'm like Tom Brady's one of the oldest guys in the league isn't he like the oldest and then he then my husband goes Adam Vinatieri I'm like oh I forgot he existed because he died when he went to the Colts. Like, yeah, he's like 45 and he's still kicking field goals. No, I mean, a field goal player, a kicker can play forever, right? Because they don't get, you know, ran over by, you know, cars made of man meat. Well, um, especially if they, <laughs> they play in domes. They can play for as long as they can muster up a kick. Um, but uh, the, the important thing that you should take away from this is the moment he left the Patriots and went to their true rival, the Colts, he was dead to me. I forgot all about him. I don't care anymore. Suck it, Vinatieri. Anyway, <laughs> if you go to the rival, if you go to any other team, you go to the 49ers, good luck to you. I'm glad, you know, good for you. You go to the Seahawks. I don't care. That's fine. That's great. Whatever. You go to the Bills. Mm, I'm going to question your decision making, but okay. You go to the Jets. Fuck you. You go to the Colts. <laughs> double fuck you. And if you go to the Broncos, like you, why were you even born? Well, you know, if they go to the if they go to the Jets, they fucked themselves. Really, it's, it's even worse than choosing to go to the Bills, right? Yeah, I'd rather play for the Bills than the Jets, to be honest. I mean, like, yeah, yeah. You have, I mean, like, the only you thing have worse than signing with the Jets would be signing with the, with the Browns or something, which is basically like, I have decided my entire life will be will, will, will now will now be a constant stream of the Curb Your Enthusiasm music. <laughs> <laughs> mom, mom, I feel mom. so <laughs> bad for Joe Thomas over in for the Browns. He's going to be a Hall of Fame left tackle. He's awesome, and he won't leave the Browns because he doesn't want to be traded to chase a ring. He's just like Henrik Lundqvist for the Browns. Well, there are lots of players in the NFL like that. Uh, John Hanna didn't win anything with the Patriots, and he's a Hall of Fame guard, you know, uh, and he was like the best there was in the league, like seriously, when he was playing. You've got, uh, who else? Come on. Um, Matthew Slater's father, Jackie Slater, didn't win a goddamn thing with the, the LA Rams when he played. He's a Hall of Fame lineman. Really great, and they were—he played on some shitty teams. So it's like, I, uh, I, I mean, I guess—I swear to God, this this show so far has turned out to be about loyalty. So weird. <laughs> it really is. Um, yeah, but that's not what it's going to be called. But anyway, no, because we got something that's pretty much the exact opposite planned for the end here. <laughs> right? Yeah. Right. We do. So let's talk about Chara. I mean, Chara obviously has been on three different teams, so we can't do the loyalty thread, but he, he really loves playing for the Bruins. So there's the loyalty. There you go. Well, Bruins were the one he always, he wanted to be on, right? Like he was drafted by the Isles, so he didn't have a choice. He was traded yet fairly young to the scent. So he didn't have a choice. And then he chose the Bruins and he signed with the Bruins at a time when the Bruins were a fucking dumpster fire. Oh yeah. Like, cause he, he cause like, actually like, like really think about that, 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 that Bruins was that 2006 off season. 
or is it 2000, yeah, 2006 offseason. How does a team that was that bad get the, get both of the two biggest free agent coups that season? Like, really? Who was the other one? It doesn't happen. Savard. Oh, okay. Like, like how, un- how fucking unusual is that? You don't see that now. The closest you have was, you know, Stamkos briefly flirting with both Buffalo and, uh, and uh, Toronto two years ago. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I just want to say one thing about Stamkos. Wouldn't it be so fun to see him play on a team with his childhood friend, P.K. Subban? Not if it's in Tampa. <laughs> no, I'm just talking from a pure hockey standpoint of just like, just seeing people who grew up together, who know each other pretty well and seeing them play together would be fun. Okay. But I mean, yes, I do understand the lethal threat it would be to the the Bruins. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of, of defense, of a right-handed defenseman, uh, conceivably who, who aren't currently, no. you know, the Tampa being it, please, dear God, no. If they, yeah, like, please. No. Like, if, if they trade for, for Carlson, every other team in the East should just try to sell regardless of where they are in their playoff position. <laughs> I, I, oh no I'm going to oh, tell no. you something right now I don't I, I'm not mean-spirited about the Tampa Bay Lightning they're certainly not one of my teams but I'm not mean-spirited about them but I would actively root against them at that point well because then they're a fucking nuclear super weapon it's like how everyone in football who isn't a Pats fan pretty much is obligated to root against the Pats yeah I guess so it, it, it's, it, would, it could conceivably be the exact same thing is my point because it's a, a team that's that good and that almost a sure thing. If you're not a fan of that team, it's a, it's a not a, it doesn't lend itself to bandwagoning. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. I guess so. But anyway, let's not talk about that anymore because now that's got me messed up and upset. So go back to Chara. <laughs> I mean, I will say for Chara, I mean, it's a, and he he's he's kind of he's had a few like injuries here and there, but nothing huge. It's a testament to how he's how well conditioned he's been over the years. Well, and, that's it. and this year sort of drives home again. It's like he he can play well into his forties without a problem. I think like he's he's a he's very Yager like in that regard. He's he's a, he's a fitness madman. In a, in in addition to being a, a, a well physiological anomaly, um, nah. right? Nah. But okay. <laughs> I wanted to subtly let you know that I. <laughs> I had something to say about this. <laughs> well, well, I was done, so go. <laughs> <laughs> and by subtly, I mean I was like, Shh, duh. It was quite hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, have either of you, well, you're, you're not really on Instagram, but Zdeno Chara's Instagram is the most interesting Instagram that there is out there in the world. And Keep in mind, I, I most of my Instagrams that I like to follow are dogs, because dogs. But but anyway, Zanatara, like he like, even though the format for Instagram is stupid, the the interface is sucky. He managed to make he has like a story about each picture, and this week he revealed that he has been plant based or his diet is plant based uh, for the last six months. That what oh, wow. that so what he's been playing vegetarian right now, or do you mean what do you mean by that? Saying plant based is okay. Vegan, yes, no dairy, no animal oh. products. It is vegan. Uh, usually, when you say plant based, like he's saying no, he says no dairy, no eggs, none of that. So it's vegan. He is playing vegan. 
So he must be eating so many freaking beans then to keep the protein, have enough protein to be able to keep, you know, being Chara. It's funny because I'm pretty sure Kyrie Irving did the same thing coming to Boston. Yeah, I mean, so basically he said he spoke with a friend of his and his friend said, you should try, you should be plant based. It works really well with the training regimen and stuff. And he said that the one thing about his training regimen that he really hadn't altered in a long time, it was the only like actual variable that he could entertain altering was his nutrition so he decided to go vegan basically you know keep in mind he can eat like things like avocados and all those things that have like the oils and the and the things the healthy things for him you know but he's not eating the salmon he's not eating chicken he's not eating these things that we traditionally think of you know lean chickens and stuff like that or yeah so it's it's kind of crazy so if this works for him then good great Instead of the TB12 method, it's the ZC33 method. Yeah, well, the, the Tom Brady method is a little kooky. I mean, yeah. It, it is. It's like, I I don't eat tomatoes. Okay, that's fine. You don't like tomatoes? No, they're just evil and bad for you. I'm like, okay, sure. Nightshades, all nightshades are bad for you. I'm like, so you don't eat potatoes or anything. Okay, whatever. Drink a gallon of water to prevent yourself from being sunburned. That's not how it works, Tom. No, it's not how it well, works. The the dude that the he paired himself with tried to sell the NFL on concussion water that mm. would like save your like concussion with water. Like no, 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 no. So it's like you, you just sit there and you're just like, uh, avocado ice cream. Oh, I'm sure that works for you. Um. Thanks. Not going to do that. So it's like, it's fine. He can do whatever he wants. I I don't care. I just don't want to even think about the dumb stuff of Tom Brady anymore. I think I've, I, I love Tom Brady, the player, and I like some of his sense of humor and some of the things that I see, like, you know, um, like, you know, he's rescue dogs and stuff like that. It's, all that stuff's nice and whatever. But the minute he opens his mouth about these things that are just like, no, that's not how science works, Tom. Just stop. But anyway, Zidane Char is on a plant-based diet, and he's nutritionally just probably even better than ever. I can't even imagine the amount of stuff he probably has to eat in a day, and he still looks like you could feed him a sandwich or two. Yep, so that's the big thing with Zidane Char. And, oh my god, that, that sweet, sweet shirt that Tim Schuller was wearing in the postgame yesterday. Oh man, I want that. That Zidane Chara number 33 for the Boston Bruins shirt. Mm-mm-mm. I loved it. Did you see it? It's pretty rad. I, I saw some pictures after. Where can we get that? I need it. I still need to get the Zambonis one, too. Okay, we talked about the sh- <laughs> My whole reference for writing Schaller here was about that shirt. That was it. Um, oh. I, kn- I know he scored yesterday, but, you know, still. It was an empty netter. Rask had the primary assist, which is pretty cool. That's some rask. It was also from like 195 feet away. Charlie McAvoy's back. Woo! I know. And he He, he scored a goal. An own own goal. (laughs) But you know what? He talked about how Tuca coached him through it afterwards. So it's like, guys, buddy, it happens. Like he actually was like, in contrast to some of the takes that have happened about Tuca, it's like Tuca is such a good teammate. After I scored the own goal, he started talking through it. It was okay. Yep. He immediately tapped him. To let him know it was okay, and I, I'm sure they had some words, and then they probably talked about it after some more. Yeah. 
So I was going to point that out, but you got it. That's fine. Yeah, that, that's the thing. No, no, that's okay. That's okay. Uh, we probably read it from the exact pl- same place, so it's fine. So Tuca was okay with it, and guess what? That was the only goal. Okay, let's look at it realistically. The Bruins scored five goals last night. Right. You know what? I was going to point out that I was going to go negative, and I was going to say that the the Leafs scored no goals last night. We scored all the goals and stuff. And if you know what, people make mistakes, and if you're a first year defenseman, you're going to make mistakes. You know, so it's like it's okay. It's okay. But he's back. That's the important thing. He he's back. He scored a goal. <laughs> uh, he's back uh and uh it was uh just under the two week mark on his uh on his heart procedure so he's fine he's yeah. fine you as know? we all said he was you know he, right he... uh well i did get a comment uh that uh i'll read later about uh you know um <laughs> about our talking about that last week so but anyway yeah so charlie's back everything's fine we've got mcquaid Quater is all over the defense. Everything's good. We don't have anything more to complain about. And we even joked about the own goal because <laughs> the Leafs couldn't even score one. So, yay! <laughs> <laughs> I want to talk about something else now. Okay. This past week, actually, I think it was last Sunday when the Yager, or as we like to affectionately call him, the time-traveling Dick Wizard, was placed on waivers with the intent to... Reassign him to Cladno. <laughs> no one, no one expected him to go anywhere else in the NHL, and it's actually not very, it's not very um, funny at all. So I'm a no, terrible it's, person. It's, it's, it's an end of an era. It's quite sad. It is. I will point out there is still one person from the 1990 draft class on the ice, but he's not a player. But he is Wes McCauley. Oh. And how perfect is that? Because you'd be hard-pressed to find a non-player who's more topical right now. He's the most exciting ref. He makes everything awesome, right? Oh, yeah, yes. Okay. I I was like, what else happened since last night? Okay. No, no. I love him. In fact, I I did say to my husband last night, I want Wes McCauley to do all the games now. Like, all the Bruins games. Not anybody else's. Just ours. Because he was one of the refs in um, the Thursday night game. But I love him. I want him to always do all the games. Wasn't he the one in the All-Star game that made a big deal about the uh, goal, goal getting overturned? Yep. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> You'd be stupid to not put him there. Okay? He had better get to play, like, all through the finals. Mm. Like, if there's, a game seven, if there's a game seven in the Stanley Cup final, it had better be – Macaulay better be one of the refs. If the league does anything different there, well – I was about to say it's like that 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 low fucked up, but like now that I think about, it, there's a guarantee the league's going to do that because like this is the fucking NHL. Because they don't want personality, but when, Mc- when given the opportunity to sit on their own balls, the NHL will do it every single time. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even have them, and that sounds awful. <laughs> uh, okay, but anyway, the, the important thing is that uh, Yarmer Yager, after being in the league for so long, having gone away and come back. You know, his his NFL NFL his NFL future is definitely in doubt, but his NHL one uh, is probably over. And I think we should take a moment to think about that and to, to mourn that. It's it's a tragedy, really. It's um 
and it's resulted in a lot of a lot of people thinking about what what could have been. You know, because over the course of Yager's uh, incredibly long career, he of course you know left for the KHL for three years, and he was coming off of like a hundred and thirty point season or something like that when he left too. So, and of course he he missed the he lost an entire season in 0405 to the lot to the to a lockout. He lost half. He lost a more recent half season in twelve thirteen. He lost a half season back in oh, in, in um. um in 495 or 93-94. Anyway, so all, to- all total, that's like five seasons of his career, several of which during his scoring prime. Yeah, and, and honestly, I think he could have made an effort, or the teams around the league could have made an effort to, to send him off a little bit better. I go. Oh, I agree. I think there's, there's there's at least one way that should have, that should have absolutely unequivocally happened. I, I think that the Flames did him a disservice by announcing it on All-Star Weekend. When everything else is happening in the NHL, they quietly just kind of did this thing, and it was very, uh, it it was it was awful. Now I, I don't know who was it. I don't I don't know if I read this or if I talked to somebody about this. I might have read it somewhere online. Oh no no, I think I heard about it on a, another podcast. They were talking about how the Yager should have at least gone down to the All Star game. They should have included him in it, and even if he didn't play, you know, he could have uh, gotten the 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 uh the attention that he deserved absolutely like this is like i don't think he's yager is still better than his stat line this year looks Mm -hmm. which means this is just such a this season turned into such a shitty swan song he was injured he was injured the 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 flames had signed them which is great but they didn't really have a plan for him that was the next thing i was gonna say yeah and so they had him playing on the fourth line with you know insert player name here and right. insert pl- other other player name here, and that uh, didn't really suit suit him well. I mean, even just recently, his last season, he played well. You know, being paired with a pair um, of, of, of high of high high powered young guns. That's how they should have been doing it. Right? Who were most okay. likely his sons? Exactly. Yeah. I mean, you know, we know if it's, uh, he now he wasn't playing with, on the line with Vince Trachek, who we know is almost is guaranteed his son, regardless of time traveling or otherwise. But. Um, <laughs> Because uh, this tragic date of birth is what, is what spawned that entire theory. <laughs> At least he got to play with his family. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> like, really, like, really, if the Flames wanted to use him right, they should have given him a shot at right wing with Goudreau and Monaghan. We know one of them is not his son. One's too boring. No, there's no way Monaghan's his son. Yeah, but it, yeah, he he should have been given an actual shot instead of just being dumped onto the fourth line with a mop and a bucket. Like I, I just don't understand like why he still had a good year last year, right? Um, Dave Lozo likes to make this point too. It's like he and Patrick Marlowe had the exact same season last year. Mm-hmm. Marlowe's Mar- Marlowe's leader, but sure and younger. Marlowe still got three years at six million per, whereas mm-hmm. Yager is there's the fucking Yager and. He was, you know, wasn't signed till what was it like? The Flames didn't sign. Was signed in like August or some shit like that. Yeah, and he signed with the Flames because they, uh, they, they wanted him. You know, uh, there was a, another team that was in the mix, but they didn't really want him. Which is odd. They'd be in the mix if they didn't really want him. But well, uh, yeah, I, he explained it like, uh, like I think his agent contacted a team. They're like, yeah, sure, we'll take you. Whereas the Flames actually called him. I think that's oh, the difference. I see. Okay. So it's like it, it's like oh, we want him, or it's like yeah, we we want him. You know what I mean? That's the difference. But uh, you know, the, there was a really missed opportunity here. That's a very passive way of saying it because somehow or another, the Yager did not get to be on all thirty-one teams. 
Exactly. Like <laughs> the league could have handled this beautifully. It would have been it would have been collusion of sorts. But it's like no one even has to wave and give up and give up assets for it. It can just wave him, claim him. He dresses for a game. Suddenly, people can get Yager '68 jerseys for whatever their favorite team is, and just systematically move through the rest of the league. Oh man, I want to see those traveling Yagers. Exactly, the entire league. Thirty-one travel. Well, it'd be more than thirty-one traveling Yagers because you also you still have the Kladno and the Czech National and the Omsk Yagers, right? But think about it. Think about what could have been. Yes. So not only would you have the Pittsburgh Penguins, the Washington Capitals, the New York Rangers, the Philadelphia Flyers, the Dallas Stars. The Boston Bruins, the New Jersey Devils, and the Florida Panthers, along with the Calgary Flames. You'd also have Avangard Omsk. And, and, yeah, exactly. Right yeah. now, so you, Omsk and Kladno are already parts of the uh, traveling Yager. Right, 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 like, right. So you'd have like 33, basically. 33, 34. I can't remember oh, the yeah. Czech national traveling Yager. Yeah, so that would be 34. So yeah, you'd have so many. You'd have yeah, so- exactly. It'd be great. A sea of mullet wigs. <laughs> all of those salutes <laughs> the girls waving the pom-poms pointing them out in the, st- in the uh, stands like an entire section just just yoggers yeah it'd, it'd be beautiful it'd be glorious and every team could have said yep we had the yogger on our team and like think about it like if you're a team that's you know not good struggling to put asses in seats struggling to sell jerseys maybe arizona coyotes Arizona Coyotes, exactly. Think of like if you're say Buffalo, you know, for a few days. Like we could say we had the fucking Yager. It, it just it, it's a good. It would have been such a cool and and a good, a cool thing for the league to do. And there's no fucking way it was going to happen. <laughs> How could the Coyotes like keep Zach Ronaldo? Yes, I know. I agreed not to talk about him while he was with the Bruins, but now I don't care. How you keep you keep him, but you didn't want the Yager. Come on. Yeah, no, the Coyotes would have been, you know, one of three teams that would have had to, like, dispose of a body to um, uh, be able to pick, claim the auger. The Leafs and the Wild also would have had to do so, but that's okay. You know, someone someone could have taken could, could have taken on their driftwood, right? You, you know, you dump some you dump some career AHL or there's teams with, you know, only 40 games. There's, there's enough teams with so few contracts right now, like, you know, the Stars only have 41 contracts and so do the, and so do the panthers they could have taken someone's someone's dead someone's dead wood to ride the pine in their ahl teams and then then those teams could then all have claimed the auger for a game yep because okay so he's not gonna catch gordy howe for second scoring overall he's not gonna for for for, 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 for um, uh, he's, he's not gonna get his all, all times games played but that would have been a distinction that the auger could have had and no one else will ever even sniff yep a every real, team a real missed opportunity it was just, it's one of the fun things about the league is that, okay, for a league that really encourages, almost downright encourages players to go from team to team to team because contracts get traded, uh, monies get worked out, uh, this person doesn't fit here anymore, but they'll fit somewhere else. They they really encourage that. I've never really seen that in other leagues like it is here in the, uh, in the NHL. But for a league that does that, you're telling me that People could not have gotten together to make this one big special send off like that. Oh, and it's just like, yeah, it would have been beautiful. And then have the last team that he ends up on be a team that's going to be in the playoffs and see if he can get a cup run. <laughs> that would well, be see, what better. you're doing there, even though I hate them, I would say the last team to claim them would have to be the Pens. Oh, yeah. Oh, to, to complete the circle. Yeah, just, just, just close it. And then. And then, then the augers is this last leap will be the one will, will be the will be the leap home. 
Should we sing the circle of life to that or we'll make up some new words? The circle of hockey. And then, oh my gosh, he goes back to, he goes back to Pittsburgh. He gets that one last time in the playoffs with the team that, the team that drafted him. And then like, then retires, sails off into the sands, sails off into the sands of time or whatever it is happens to a time traveling dick wizard when, when they're working this, when they're working this, in this, in this um, iteration of space time is complete. <laughs> and then in 18 years, some whiz kid with a fucking, with a fucking mullet who actually looks exactly like the auger gets drafted out of Pittsburgh. <laughs> and he rises again <laughs> because the auger is eternal. Now, is Sidney Crosby his son or not? Probably. Okay. It's not it's exciting. too bad that Yager wasn't number 42. <laughs> oh, gosh, yeah. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> no, but he was just one short of a nice number. <laughs> yep, he was. <laughs> Yeah, so that really sucks about Yager. It's just like yeah. this, this league just doesn't want to have anything resemb- resembling personality. I understand the dangers of having personality. There's a lot of stuff that comes in with that. Uh, there's controversy. People say things or they do things that you can't uh, that you don't want to to handle, deal with. I get it, but I'd still rather you know it. it you know when the NFL got rid of like touchdown celebrations. Like and granted, some touchdown celebrations are stupid. But if you score a touchdown, you should be able to celebrate. God damn it! However you want, within reason. And they got rid of that, and it was no fun. And they brought it back, and it's it's more fun. I like personality. I like sports players to sports players. I like players to to do things that are fun. But anyway, sad sad week in NHL. Missed opportunities. Thirty one jerseys, man. Thirty one NHL jerseys. 31 NHL jerseys, 34 traveling yoggers. Mm. Stupid, 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 short-sighted, stupid. I think we need to be less somber now and and move on. And I was going to say something and I totally forgot what it was. Isn't that great? Okay, so why don't we talk about some things that uh, people said to us this week? Yeah. Okay, so first of all, if I can get to the Twitter thing, the Twitter twitters the twitters it was really pretty quiet this week jean catherine she said that we owe tim some credit for the heartburn pun just saying yeah we do it's true we didn't give him the groan he deserved uh... <laughs> yep that's the one <laughs> <Tim>. <laughs> <laughs> literally heartburn ah (laughs) in the same vein we have cars and hockey if squeamish don't listen to the first 10 minutes while eating lunch uh because we were talking about a heart procedure and i you know i am terrible about knowing what is disgusting and what isn't like for me mayonnaise is the grossest thing ever but talking about a heart procedure is not disgusting to me at all (laughs) i don't even remember us being that graphic no, but some people get squeamish, and I'm sorry, I will try to remember to have a disclaimer for when people could be squeamish about something. Um, I love to talk about medical stuff, and it doesn't usually gross me out. Now, 
I've often thought that if I did become a medical doctor, I probably would be a pathologist because the squirty blood is the stuff that's really gross. So squirty stuff is really gross. So you heard it here, folks. Squirty stuff is gross. (laughs) (laughs) Should I put a disclaimer there? We we talked about squirty stuff. It was gross. Uh, so yeah, and then um, on the uh, on 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 the Facebook on the Facebook, the book of faces. Yep, your face, my face, Insta face. Insta- <laughs> 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 it's my favorite Belichick quote ever. <laughs> I love it. I love it because it really is kind of confusing, especially when you're not on it. Anyway, uh, Russ Hallowell couldn't post to our wall uh, and it probably was because it had a picture in it and I I don't know what the posting rights are for people and I can look into that at some point uh, for for you know for listeners I I, um, I'll have to look it up I I think it might have something to do with the fact that we're um, we're a page and we're not a group so posting uh, things might be a little awkward and weird and uh, anyway what I'm trying to say is that he did post a picture of a new acquisition, and I'll let Tim describe it. Yeah, so it's a uh, it's a Vegas Golden Knights jersey, and it's a uh, it's um, customized for him, and it's pretty awesome. Yep, it has his last name on it. it has fifteen? That's uh, that's his number. Yep. Yes, fifteen. Yep. He came in thinking we were going to call it a jersey foul, but you know we're not ones to judge, right? So no, custom customizable. I mean, as long as you can customize, if it's your own name and a number that you like, I have no problem with customizable jerseys. There's some of them that are just bad that shouldn't be. Oh yeah, yeah. You see, that, that, that's the thing. If it's your own name, it's it's not a foul at all, right? It's, unless yeah. like you use it, unless you use the number that your team has retired or something. In which case that's a foul. Yeah, um, traditionally, like if you order it online, uh, which he probably had to do, they wouldn't allow you to do it in the first place. Uh, I mean, not retired number, but a, a current number being used, they won't allow you to do it. Oh, yeah, uh, I did not know that. Okay. Yeah, you yeah. can't. Yeah, because like, um, uh, you know, I was playing around with it and I tried to put a 44 in my name and they wouldn't allow that to happen at one point when Seidenberg was still with the team. But, uh, yeah, you're not allowed to do that with a player who's currently there. Now, if you go to the actual, like, pro shop, I think it might be a little bit different. We can get it done a little differently. I don't know. But not a jersey foul, and he got a jersey for another team, and that's fine, too. I See, I didn't even think about the jersey foul aspect. I was just thinking about, oh, yeah, we have our, we have our teams, you know, uh, that we're fans of. Uh, I The only thing stopping me from getting my captain... Uh, Roman Yossi um, jersey is that jersey's ugly it's really ugly and the road one is even uglier I they managed to do that so yeah the Preds just don't have a good color scheme um, they've had jerseys that weren't awful but uh, generally speaking their jerseys are bad. Uh, the current jersey is like uh, French's mustard yellow yep and it's it's bad and watching it on TV it hurts my eyes and they took out the interesting parts of the jersey uh, from last year uh, and no, it's gross. It's awful. But, you know, I would like to have the Captain C. Why don't I have... Oh, no, we do have a Chara jersey. It's just not mine. Um, but anyway. Mm-hmm. It's it's too bad that they don't sell jerseys with the letters on them. 
They do at pro shops sometimes. Oh, oh do they? Okay. Uh, down in in Nashville, they did for sure. Um, yeah, way back. Does my yeah my Berge jersey definitely doesn't have a doesn't have an A on it. Oh sure, yeah, they don't so. do it for the A's. They only do it for the C's. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. So I think I actually bought. Um, this wasn't in a pro shop. I think I bought it at Dick's. I bought a, a Chara licensed NHL jersey, uh, jersey with a C on it. So. Okay. Yeah, because I know when when uh, Veritek was still with the Red Sox and they were selling those jerseys, after he was given the captaincy, they had the C on it because he actually was one of the few baseball players that actually wore uh, the C on the jersey. Right, right. So it really depends. You have to kind of search them out. That's all. Uh, yeah, so I think that's pretty much it for our bench comments. I don't know what we're going to call it yet. I'm still working on that. I don't want to say mailbag. I don't want to say listener comments, but I'm kind of stuck right now. Anyway, we've got a schedule that's coming up, presumably. Indeed, we do. So, listeners, we've got a pretty reasonable schedule this week against some soft competition. <laughs> this week's schedule starts out Tuesday on the that's February the sixth at seven thirty p.m. at the at the Red Wings. Oh God, that city! Fuck Detroit. I feel and like we play that, every game at Detroit, or like every game between us there. Yeah, fuck Detroit. I hate them. Sorry, Jeff. Indeed. Followed up on the the second night of a back to back in. Uh, at the New York Rangers on uh, N- NBC WGF oh, barbecue a- <laughs> rivalry night. <laughs> Fucking rivalry night. God damn it. Of course it's rivalry night because it's Boston, New York. Ooh. <laughs> Fucking hell. You know what? I got to tell you, I've watched a few non-rivalry night games um, on M- M- N- uh, 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 the, the NBCSN WTF OMG my BFF Jill. Yeah, um, I I I've watched a few of those. They tend to be Preds games. Uh, they always involve Brian Boucher, which is great because I love Brian Boucher. And uh, one of them, I did not mention this weeks ago, but I have to mention it now. It had Dave Gosher and Brian Boucher. It was an all Rhode Island team calling oh. the game. Wow! It was fantastic. It was uh, the Preds versus somebody. I don't even care, but. Uh, the Preds won the game. Oh, it's against the Mild. That's right. It was the Preds and the Mild. Uh, so it was like, I mean, I, I suppose that's a rivalry just because Craig Leopold basically like bailed on the on the Preds and they almost got bought by that uh, guy that wanted to move him to Hamilton, and then he proceeded to go ahead and buy a different team instead. Right. Well, you know how I hate so, the Mild. I know. I'm just saying that actually kind of makes sense as a rivalry rivalry right. in that game, right? Sort right. of. But it wasn't a rivalry <laughs> night. It was like a Friday night. They were just showing a random game. And Gosher, I guess, had some time off from the Vegas Golden Knights, so they had him calling this game. I think it was in Minnesota. So anyway, you know how I hate the mild. You know how I love the Preds. And I, and you know how much I love Gosher and Boucher now. You know all that. And you know they're from Rhode Island. And it was like they had the most Rhode Island thing that I've seen in a long time, especially in a hockey game. They're a minute to go. The game is out of out of hand. Like, you know, basically Minnesota's lost this game. The Preds have won it. And they're like, hey, Brian, who would have guessed it would have been two guys from Rhode Island calling the, a big game like this in the NHL together on, on MSC 
uh, NBC Sports, right? And they're like talking back and forth. And I think Brian says, we didn't once talk about grinders. (laughs) (laughs) And what was the other thing that he said? Or coffee syrup. That's right. It was grinders or coffee syrup. going to point out how the two of them should probably just have a radio show because um it just lends it right the, the title of the show writes itself it's like the, the goosh and boosh um uh, radio hour it's um, like such that's like such talk top rung sports radio uh show name i should <laughs> i should have them do something over the summer that would be so great i would love to hear the both of them over the summer if they wanted to and they're fun they're fun together they're totally nice rapport they're both from rhode island rhode island rocks and whatever and jeff Speaking i just of- yeah. Speaking of Rhode Island and NBC. Yes. So this would have been, I guess, Thursday. NBC uh, Sports Philly tweeted a thing. Four square picture of um, uh, four um, uh, of four food items. For the Super they Bowl. They said for the Super Bowl that you, you, you have to eliminate one. And, of course, the items, let's, there's a lot to unpack here. So the items they showed were, were, were soft pretzels, uh, Philly cheesesteak. Um, Something they called tomato pie. We'll circle back to this in a minute. And the last one was was was, was uh, New England clam chowder. So obviously this was intended to be a a, a patriot's chirp, and obviously the one they were suggesting eliminating was the clam chowder. Now, clam chowder not being a thing one eats during the Super Bowl, notwithstanding, what the fuck is up with the tomato pie? So I guess we should explain again. This is about Rhode Island and NBC is how this came up. This the tomato pie is a uh, pretty unambiguously what uh, any good Rhode Islander would know as bakery pizza or pizza strips right so it's of course so this is of course a presumably served cold in this case is what i'm assuming their tomato pie is also served cold so usually a thicker crust doughy pan pizza sauce and uh, just a dusting of, uh, of of grated parmesan right it, it the sauce is really thick it's very tasty and it is so good this whole combination is so good cold i mean the the dough is just a little underdone so it's just like really, uh, I know that sounds disgusting, but it's not. It's just, it's perfect. It's like this great, great treat. But it's not a Super Bowl snack. But, and it's also not called tomato pie. I have Yeah, what the it. fuck? Like, I, I mean, I saw this and immediately tweeted it at VA. It's like, this is, this is fucked. And you loved how riled up I got because I'm like, what the fuck is that? I mean, there's a lot of problems with this whole little meme that you tweeted out because when did Philly take ownership over soft pretzels? I've never fucking heard that. And then Again, the Philly's cheesesteak, who the fuck would eat that during a Super Bowl? Fuh. And corn chowder, uh, corn chowder, clam chowder, what? Nobody eats that at Super Bowls. Again, I had a theory on the matter of the pretzels and it makes sense coming from Philly. Just on the grounds that like, if you're a Philly sports fan, I think a priority for anything that goes along with your sports is something that you can easily throw at Santa Claus. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. And I think you're hard to beat throwability other than, like, besides a pretzel, because you can frisbee that. Maybe, like, a corn dog, because you can, like, throw it out like a potato masher. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Second week in a row, the corn dog gets mentioned. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, I guess, yeah, if you're a Philly sports fan, if you're, you're, you're coming up with foods to eat, a priority is things you can throw at people, because you're a Philly sports fan, and you can go fuck yourself. <laughs> um, i mean I, philly's trash so yep <laughs> yeah every fan base has bad fans no yours are the worst <laughs> i guess every, every fan base has bad fans except 
only one fan base are all bad fans. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, Case in point, just look at all the mayhem that happened after they won the NFC Championship. Someone Freaking... punched a horse! <laughs> you have to grease the poles and it didn't work? <laughs> the, the, the thing... Someone punched a police horse! Why would you punch a horse? No! Oh, um, they're driving dune buggies up the stairs to Rocky. Um... <laughs> Like, oh, there was something. What else was happening? There was something else that was really crazy. Like, oh yeah, the um, a bunch of like a whole group of fans were throwing beer bottles at the Vikings boss as it was on its way out. Uh, and and here Philly lauded and said very very proudfully that no one was arrested during the uh. Celebration. Of course, no one was arrested. The cops were probably doing it too. <laughs> Holy shit! I was like, now it's like someone punched a police horse. Doesn't that count as assaulting an officer? Yes, you should. And animal abuse. There's like layers of crimes there. That guy should have been arrested for punching the fucking horse. It was probably the police himself. <laughs> <laughs> he was so happy. He punched his he horse. He was so happy he punched a horse. <laughs> it was only his horse. He was so happy he punched his own horse. Yep, yep, that's what it is. That's what I feel it like is. that needs to become like an expression now. I mean, I punch livestock when I'm pissed. <laughs> I think we could make that happen. I was so happy I punched my own horse. <laughs> that's some punching horse's level of excitement there. I'm just gonna point out, I know we've already picked our title, but that could be a good alternate title for this episode, is Punching My Own Horse. Or that quote <laughs> taken out of context would be great at the front of the episode, just before the... <laughs> this episode is gonna be Punching Your Own Horse levels of excitement. This episode was brought to you by Punching Your Own Horse. <laughs> And it's not tomato pie, it's pizza strips or bakery pizza. <laughs> By the way, um, getting back to the snack thing, I was very riled up because there are lots of things that were wrong with that thing. And I want to say that as much as I talk about corn dogs <laughs> on this podcast and how I can't get them in NHL venues, <laughs> just the one, my go-to hockey thing is soft pretzels, okay? And the only thing that, that, that the Colorado Avalanche does well, and I think this is just a Pepsi Center thing, obviously, because it, that's where we bought it. They do pretzels well. Oh my god, their pretzels are unbelievable. They're not the super pretzel kind of thing where it's like, you, yeah, it's kind of boring and bland or whatever. So it was like an awesome pretzel, like just mm, unbelievable. And that's my hockey snack. I'm not, I'm not eating pretzels, not not soft pretzels for the, the Super Bowl. Okay, so yes, that thing it got me very upset. It's not tomato pie. No, Billy's trash. They can't even get a cheesesteak right, and, that, and that's where they're from. Seriously, put the fucking cheese whiz down, you dumb shits. <laughs> there are so many meltable cheeses that would be awesome on that. Not cheese whiz. Philly is so trash, they literally made a movie about a garbage man kicking field goals for the fucking Eagles. <laughs> 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 like, was it called Garbage Man? <laughs> no, it was like 
the garbage kicking field goal kicking Philadelphia phenomenon. That was like the name of the movie. <laughs> their, their, their biggest sports hero isn't real. <laughs> yeah, they they literally no. Someone put a Tom Brady jersey on the Rocky statue, and they literally had fans guarding the statue after of a fucking person that isn't real. <laughs> oh, I hope this is funny next week. <laughs> That's right. Tony Danza plays that garbage kicking field goal man. Like, I don't know. The movie came out in the 90s, and I remember seeing it a few times. And it's just ridiculous. They had Tony Danza playing the garbage. In the 90s, he wasn't even the boss anymore at that point. <laughs> Jeff, who really was the boss? It's one of life's higher questions, though, isn't it? <laughs> it is. <laughs> it was Angela. <laughs> nope, nope, it was Angela. <laughs> it was definitely Angela. <laughs> or was it the garbage truck? Probably <laughs> was the garbage truck. Fucking Philly. <laughs> the city of brotherly love my ass. No, they fucking hate each other. <laughs> God damn. I mean, I mean it, yeah, it, rightfully so, because they're surrounded by Philly fans. <laughs> yeah, I, I wouldn't want to. I wouldn't want to live in Philly. God damn. <laughs> I mean, no matter what happens in the Super Bowl at the end of the day, you, the Patriots don't have to go back to Philly, and that's a- <laughs> they don't have to be Philly fans. <laughs> You know what's best about this is I remind you listeners, two of us aren't Pats fans, so it's okay. (laughs) (laughs) And one of us had the sheer excitement of kicking Philly out of the playoffs at their old stadium's last game. Thank you, Rondé Barber. The best moment in Philly sports history. (laughs) Sending off that old vet. So nice. With a Buccaneers win. Two of you may not be Patriots fans, but all of us are not Phillies fans. Or none of us are Phillies fans. I feel we've we've definitely established that. Yeah. (laughs) The 76ers, no. The Phillies are... I mean, really? You couldn't think of anything better than the Philadelphia Phillies? Oh, really? I'm going to give baseball some breathing room on that just because there's a lot of bad team names just because they were cooked up in the 1880s when people lacked creativity. <laughs> but but they were something different before that. They were the Philadelphia Athletics. Oh, you're fucking kidding me, really? Okay, so oh, I did not know that. I just assumed they were a heritage team, and that's why they had a dumb name. Okay, no. well then, fuck the Phillies. I mean, really? And the one thing that Philadelphia has going for it is the Philly fanatic is kind of hilarious because it's this giant green mascot that no one knows what the hell it is. Um, so like Yuppie, except not stupid. Yeah, exactly. Like it, its nose looks like a like a bike horn. Like it's it's kind of. Oh, okay. It's it's a thing. The inspiration for the capital city goofball. I got gotcha. you. <laughs> and I, I'm just gonna say that I think that we know how it was created. Cocaine. cocaine. Oh, lots of cocaine. cocaine. All of the cocaine. All the cocaine. <laughs> um, but yeah, Philly sucks. 
The flyers can go fuck themselves all the time. Uh, yeah, so, look, yeah. I don't want to be overconfident here, but at the end of the day, I'm not a flyers or eagles or 76ers or phillies fan i'm not a philadelphia or soul fan. or the soul fan because oh, they do have the philadelphia soul in the arena football league owned by bon a, jovi oh, fuck that shit yeah oh there's just layers of awful oh my god yeah, yeah. yep so oh yeah. fuck really? we're none of that no like that's a terrible name that's even worse name than minnesota wild yeah, yeah philadelphia soul yep <sighs> yep i it, mm. Yeah, I, I, I understand the point of not having teams that don't end with S, um, but yeah. Did we even get through the, the schedule thing, or did we just... Uh... They also play the, the, the Sabres on Saturday. <laughs> I mean, that's probably why we didn't get through it. They also play the Sabres. <laughs> and then uh, and the Devils on Sunday, so we'll count that, seeing as we'll record before the game won't be out by then. Long story short, four games, all incredibly winnable games because, like, three of them are bad teams and the double are pretty bad lately, too, so. And Brad will be coming back in the middle of it, so. It's true. Brad will be back for the Rangers game. Yep, yep, and we'll need him because the Rangers, for some stupid reason, play well against the Bruins. However, Tori Krug plays exceptionally well against the Rangers, so. This is also true. <laughs> okay. The Rangers were kind of, you know, kicking the Rangers' ass was kind of Tori Krug's introduction to the league, if I remember. It so, was. Anyway, listeners, you can find us on, on SoundCloud, on Google Play, Stitcher, iTunes, and wherever your favorite podcasts are found. And you won't find us in Philly, so fuck it. <laughs> you, can't, you can't find your favorite podcast in Philly. <laughs> <laughs> it is not always sunny there and if you if you like us um be sure to um uh, rate us and say some good things on itunes uh, it does things apparently i don't know um if you want to reach out to us uh, we're uh, at barely on topic on twitter as well as our individual um uh, twitter accounts i'm of course at dr hand grenade oh uh i'm at <laughs> <laughs> I came in a little hot. <laughs> Wouldn't it be funny if my handle was ha 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 ha